You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 303rd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in sunny Florida. This is Matt in his 125 plus degree attic in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston. You guys, I am back. I know people were excited uh, that maybe I was not here, um, but it's true. I'm back. Uh, I came out of retirement. I thought about retiring briefly for a week there. Um, oh, really? But so I'm you back. were just leaving. You were just well, like, I'm going to take a week off. What it was, was I, I talked to my agent and it was kind of a, um, a strategic move for contract negotiation. Oh, um, good It plan. is a contract year here for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we're, you know we're, we're expecting a Phil, Philippe Gilbert performance for you on mm-hmm. the next five or six podcasts. Yeah. 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 Tonight I plan to win uh, Amstel. So all right. all right. Just so you guys know. Well, you do look older. Well, thanks. So little guy, by the way, <laughs> Sp- Spencer looks older. He looks, he looks refined. Things are, mm-hmm. things are going well. Yeah. I don't know about you. Like this, this look you're giving us, uh, you got the, the Euro haircut going with the full, <laughs> my hair uh, always looks like I know this. no one can see it. It looks amazing. Um, I have been told that my, uh, my mullet in training is actually called a Euro flutter by a friend oh. of the pod, Martin Steele in, uh, uh, Falkirk, Scotland. So you oh, got, yeah, it was looking yeah. really good boys when I was doing my 105 mile w- ride in 95 degree weather on Saturday that I am still paying Oof. the price on today, Sunday night. Yeah. Heard um, that. How did it you was do, all how, the climbing, 745 yeah. feet of climbing over 105 miles. <laughs> insane. I can't believe you went over that many overpasses. Um, yeah. Does, how does that make you guys feel that I still beat you in the Everest challenge that we did? <laughs> I mean, just as annoyed as I was yesterday, every morning yeah. when I wake up about it and I go, no, it can't be true. And I look at the calendar, I'm like, no. So it was a great ride. Went down to Kissimmee. Not much to report other than, uh, you know, just... Just great times on the nice flat roads of uh, central Florida. And it's really, really, really hot. Um, we actually found ourselves, I, I rode with uh, three other folks and um, you know, it was fun. We, we found ourselves uh, finding shade behind a car wash at a gas station, mm-hmm. which was very, very popular place to get your car wash that day. So I actually felt pretty good. So I highly recommend it if you're cooling off, just yeah. stand in the mist of the car wash. It's, it's a great way to go. Was it a water mist or a chemical mist? I don't want to think about it. All right. Oh, it's a good thing you had that uh, super light titanium bike for that ride with all 700 feet of climbing. Otherwise, my God, how would you have been able to do it? Being on that titanium bike had me thinking, little guy, about something that you wrote on our Slack channel and about how it's a tough time for dentists out there. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. With COVID. Dentists. I mean, who's going I mean, to dentists right now in the middle of COVID, right? No, Unless you absolutely no have to. Only people that have to get root canals every two to six months. Yeah. Well, 
It's it's what happens when your dad blesses you with rock teeth like mine did. <laughs> rock <laughs> teeth. <laughs> but but besides I me, I love that cartoon. The, rock teeth. I I will admit it was the scariest moment of the entire pandemic was going to get a root canal, mm-hmm. and there was not very many people there because no one's going to see the dentist. And yeah, look, you have to imagine the dentists are hurting right now. I imagine that they are hurting financially, and any dentist that's in in the market for a bike right now probably isn't able to think about titanium. I'm worried. Say it ain't so, little guy. Say I'm, it ain't so. I, I know. I'm worried that a, a dentist out there might have to just buy a bike off the showroom floor. So <gasps> should we should we provide the Slow Ride Podcast um, yeah, guide I, to buying a bike for... I, I mean, I guess dentists. I mean, you know, let's just really peg this in. So someone that's going to be getting a, a titanium bike that suddenly mm-hmm. can't. So the first thing that they're going to need to do is they're going to find, they're going to have to actually find the local bike shop. Uh, yeah. Because most folks probably probably have a, a custom builder on the horn. Yeah. Now they got yeah, to look locally to a shop. That's going to be tough. Then they're I, gonna I tried have Google. To, yeah, Google, and then you're going to have to go into a shop and you're going to have to just talk to a regular employee because mm-hmm. <laughs> the manager slash owner slash custom bike fit guy is not going to want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, you might actually have to know some of your own numbers, like roughly what size you need because no one's going to come out and measure you right off the bat. Yeah, And so, also, I, a quick tip, Altegra, that's the level below Durace. It's still okay. <laughs> I mean, I know... I know you've only looked Durace. And there's this thing called... Oh, they don't even have Durace. And there's a thing just called Campy Record. It's just like Super Record, but there aren't little titanium bits on there. Mm. I I know, I know, I know. I hear you. Spencer, if if you're a dentist and you're trying to find your numbers at home, Uh what is your preferred method to find what size bike you need? Well, so... I, I would go about the, um, the tried and true method of most uh, amateur bike buyers out there in the world. These are your Craigslist shoppers. These are your first-time bike buyers. This is what you do. You take whatever bike you have or your neighbor has or your spouse has or whatever, and you stand over it, and you just sort of lift and see <laughs> if there's any room at all. And it doesn't matter if it's, like, pretty tight or if you've got a few inches of space to wiggle room. Just... Um, just sort of grip the handlebars, squeeze the brakes, and then say, "Yeah, this seems about right. Whatever this size is, yeah, should be the, should be good for me." That's a that's a very good one. I the other <laughs> that, that that's awesome. <laughs> the other method I thought that maybe you were going to go for was the old phone book method of um, mm. taking mm. the phone book, jamming it between your legs, and then asking a significant other, your partner, to draw a little line on the wall that all your kids are measured up so you can see how old they're getting. And then uh-huh. you see where your inseam is. And then isn't that the the method to then see the bike? Isn't that like the Le Mans yeah. method? I remember someone it, doing that to me once. It's quite good. Like the, the problem with that one is the, the hardest part these days is going to be finding a phone book. Yeah, that's right. That true. is going to be, you might have to get on eBay and like buy one oh, and then man. the shipping is going to kill you. And you know, so Maybe, um, you know, if you've got one laying around, if you keep those old ones in the garage or something uh, for some strange reason, that yeah. might work. But, now, um, if you got a copy of Infinite Jest around, just use that. Now, I know that our our dentists are used to just Googling for the Lightspeed dealer or the uh, the Moots dealer. Uh, <laughs> may, 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 maybe they'll settle for a seven. 
But uh, or <laughs> something down market like mosaic. The sevens are usually the pharmacist, not so much the okay. dentist. Oh, so, pharmacist. So little guy, uh, what 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 should we where should we send them? Are are they going to the carbon section? Or are they going to go for aluminum? Because or steel? I mean, is steel in the market? I mean, not the boutique steel. But yeah, I mean, maybe I think there's a chance if they if they really work their angles, they might be able to get a custom steel that's the same as just a carbon, you know, yeah. just little old carbon. But probably weight is an issue for them. I'm, I'm not yeah. I'm not throwing any shade. I'm just saying they're 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 busy and they got to climb hills and and they're they want a light bike. They obviously are in that market. So well, let's let's I mean, say let's be honest. Yeah. Dentists are like the engineers of the medical field, right? Like right. Like so dentists, steel yeah. is like, not an option. They're the architects no. of the mouth. Is yeah, what they we like to say. <laughs> I, I say that. that all the time. And the orthodontists are the uh, are the engineers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, God, we don't know anything about dentistry, so we could be. Totally I don't really know anything about dentistry. It's a really great bit. Okay, so I guess that I don't even know where to go. I will say this: aluminum, criminally well, underrated bike oh, yeah. frame material it, it, it is and i agree with you but i'm gonna i'm just gonna throw this out and i don't want to screw this whole bit up because you guys worked really hard on it <laughs> i don't know that there's any aluminum bikes in bike shops these days okay yeah probably they're actually custom well can't you buy a specialized doesn't specialized every year cannondale still out. has to have some aluminums right they may like- offer one but is it in the bike shop <laughs> yeah that, that's you're right the that's the problem because they're so, always trotting it out for that crit in, in, down yeah. in Aussie land every year they, now it's like they put Sagan on it and he's like no well the only reason they put him yeah. on there is because that's what they have there at Specialized Australia right like they're like we're not shipping all your bikes to the, to the training camp so here's the thing I don't know I don't have a dentist uh, uh, tool you know knowledge to mm-hmm. compare these things to to like compare and contrast in, in language that a dentist would understand um, so Maybe if you say, okay, there's a there's a carbon bike here with Altegra on it, that's like the laughing gas of <laughs> bikes, right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you've got this uh, little bit downstream model here that's a 105, and it's also carbon, but it's got, you know, like maybe it's got mechanical disc brakes instead of hydraulic. This is like, uh, you know, the the – rubber mallet method where you just kind of sneak up on the patient and smack them real good. Like the blackjack. Method, I'm just thinking like, and then if, they're out cold for about 45 minutes and you got to get your work done before they wake up. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's like a Pacific, a Magna, any of that, just, it's like a wisdom tooth. Just get mm-hmm. it removed from your idea. Right. Like that. Yes. That's yeah. Ah, that. Okay. Mm. <laughs> this was going really, really well on the podcast. Green room. I just little guy, take us home here. I don't. I don't know what to add. I feel like the dentists know. I feel like they. I think they got it now. They I'm understand. Just, I mean, they need to know. Uh, those bikes that Tim was just a, a, a Walmart bike, something in the department store. That's not where you want to go. No, go um, to your that, local bike shop. Imagine that is a a person with a, a a tooth situation such as Tim, but who has no dental insurance. So you you don't yeah. want to touch that. That's someone with like cardboard okay. shoved in their mouth right. in, in so, the tooth hole. Yeah. Let's take this another place. So dentists yeah. are probably they're, they're they're driving the Mercs, right? They're they're driving like the the Mercedes of the worlds, right? So is there a way yes. that we can maybe get them into the greatest car bike crossovers of all time? Oh, 
I believe there is, Tim. There's a lot of car bike. Welcome car bike to Segway Street. Synergy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. All I've right. been looking forward to this segment all week. Yeah, little guy, you you've been dynamite on the Slack channel. We'll get to a little bit more of your your gems this week, um, in which usually what happens is Spencer and I talk before you come on the podcast. Going, I don't even know what it was he was talking about, but it sounds great. <laughs> so, little guy, why don't you take uh, us away with um, what you're thinking of car bike crossovers? Well, now I now I'm realizing I didn't pull up Twitter to remember who who sent us the Porsche bike, the Porsche bike. Yeah, but. Their through time have been many a bicycle, uh, car brand, uh, mash, mash ups. Uh, I feel like car companies occasionally think, hey, we can build cars. We should be able to build bikes. And they usually build a weird bike. They usually build a bike that's either too heavy, too tech, or they build super crappy bikes and just slap their name on them. So yes. I think we should, we should, we should throw some off here. Maybe we should do it, I think, top three. Each we've got, we've come up with three of our favorite uh, car bike synergies. Ambitious. That's very ambitious. I got three. I I got three. I've I've got a couple. I'll go first (laughs) because I don't want you guys to take. I already told you guys my top one. So neither, if any of you takes my top one, I'm going to be super upset. Well, so I'm going to go first. I'm going to. All right. Now you had brought this up in the green room and it kind of made me mad that you you tried to steal so that's why i'm gonna go two here oh i mean first i'm gonna start out with the gmc denali (laughs) all right that was the one i was going for the gmc denali road bike still made still on the floor yes it's made by kent out of south carolina so it is an american made machine um this bike we've all seen them it's that nice uh black and yellow uh paint job now i gotta admit when i think denali i don't think road bike no because what i'm actually thinking is my all-time favorite bike crossover and of course i'm talking about the hummer bike the humvee bike of yesteryear which is basically a walmart version of the klein mantra it's got like the big beam there's no down to yeah yeah um yeah highly recommend this the hummer (laughs) bike i mean they came out in about 2002 2003 it folded up it was amazing so it was a full suspension folding bike that i mean which means that you could put it in the back of your hum humvee in 2002 when those things were still popular mm-hmm. and uh you know save the environment while you're destroying it at this actually ride the single track you just created in that lush prairie slash <laughs> forest I like, that's like humvee. really good marketing and then you could go ride your bike on it Ride the single track you just made. Yeah. Humvee. So are you are you guys familiar with either of those bikes? The the Denali or yes. the Humvee bike? I uh, almost I would say every day I worked as a courier, I at some point I had to either trip over a Denali bike that was falling over in a bike rack or yeah. move out of the way of one that was riding on the sidewalk too fast with brakes that didn't function anymore. I'm the, I'm aware of them. The thing that always got me with the Denali was just the stem. Cause it just, it was so fat, but it was like almost like a quill adapter stem. Like it kind of had that look of just, Mm -hmm. yeah, we're going for the cheap stuff here. And that's where, you know, it like, why is Denali a road bike? I don't understand why, why it has any bike synergy. It feels like the last, last GMC model that would have, 
The Aztec should have come with a bike. Well, true. But here's the here's the other question. Who thinks of bikes when they think of GMC? Right? Like of no, all I, branded car companies yeah. like GMC. I mean, at least Pontiac should have had the Aztec bike, like you're saying. Yeah, oh. yeah. 100%. There should have been a bike that was shaped like the Dustbuster Pontiac um, oh, the, oh. minivans. I don't know how you would build a bike, but like a folding bike that like somehow stowed under the floor that then was shaped like the car in some weird way. Obviously, it would have a fairing. Wow. <laughs> Spencer, what are you thinking for you best uh, bike crossovers? You know, um, I have not thought about bicycle car manufacturer crossovers for quite some time. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when I saw this pop up on the Slack channel, I immediately was tossed back to um, uh, a few years ago when I bought a used uh, BMW 3 Series wagon uh, to be my perfect car, my forever car, <laughs> um, which then immediately needed some work. Uh, so I had to take it to the dealer and, uh, while enjoying a nice soft cookie and a cup of coffee in the, uh, in the dealer waiting area while they, uh, worked on the car, I noticed out of the corner of my eye that they had some mountain bikes over oh, in the corner yeah. and you could get a BMW mountain bike. Now, is that what they threw in for when you bought like a three series? Something like that. Yeah. I'm not sure what you had to buy to get this mountain bike, but at least a five, it, <laughs> Never fails to amaze me that you could spend that BMW thinks that $60,000 or whatever is a perfectly reasonable amount of money to spend on a car, but like three grand is way too much for a bike. <laughs> so like we need to make a bike that's down in the, I don't know, $800 range. Cause yep. these things were awful. They, they looked like they were essentially a hybrid bike with a, with a, garbage front shock on it to to go off-roading on so that is that is what my mind cast back to immediately was my last experience with the it is, with the cross it is very true like how you're gonna go spend 60k on a car it's got some nav navigation system that's gonna be obsolete in a year Mm-hmm. You're right. gonna have some like a, pivot joints car, that are gonna like break. A, a car can totally cost a hundred grand. That's not weird, but a bike that costs six grand—that's insane. It's like know? they don't know their market, right? Like it's maybe like they the have car no companies. Idea what they're doing. Maybe the car companies should hire us for. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, you know, I they feel should. like there is, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but there must be a correlation between the higher perceived value the car brand, the lower perceived value the <laughs> bicycle is. Well, I've only got. I mean, oh wait, if since you have more, let's hear it. But I've only got the coolest. I've ones. got I've got a lot of okay. examples. Um, hit, I don't know how we're doing. Well, this. I, Tim did too, so hit hit me with two, and then we'll do our top ones at the end or something. I guess Tim did a weird. Well, I don't want to come with the heat then right away. So, we'll but I also your, don't want you to steal it. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna say um, maybe the best, maybe the most successful uh, ever bike. Uh, car crossover would be the Volvo Cannondale bikes that they did for a while. Those are sweet. Very good. Um, actual real bikes. Yes. Um, just says Volvo. It's great. Just says Volvo on it, which, you know, can't go wrong. So, so I, I, I don't yeah, but have those had the weird, like, that. they still had the Cannondale head shock thing, which yeah, I yeah, guess is awesome. Just engineered just enough <laughs> awesome. for a Swedish uh, car company. Yeah, absolutely. It lines up perfectly. It also lines up perfectly that Volvo is. Um, 
is the only one that exists uh, besides, you know, because Saab is gone and it's just the quality of Volvo has pretty much gone down the tubes except for its safety rating. Yeah. I mean, they're not really Swedish anymore, are they? Aren't they Chinese now? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I have a Volvo too, but my Volvo is weird. It's made of plastic. It's a city cruiser. It's called the Volvo Itera. I-T-E-R-A. It's just a cruiser with like one, two, like eight spoke wheels. Um, just It's like a city bike. looks like a Dutch city bike, but it's made out of a oh, big piece of plastic. Wow. And it's from it the early 80s. looks like something 80s. you get at Ikea. Yeah, but it's from the early 80s. So it's it, it was, I don't know if they explode if you ride them now, but at one point it was super high tech. It looks cool. And it's, it, it fills that sweet void of car companies thinking... Well, we are we are geniuses. We build so, these super complicated machines that can go 150 miles an hour. We yeah, can obviously so, completely rethink bicycles, and then everybody in the bike world goes, "No, nah, that's stupid. That's well, terrible. We're not doing I, that." To go off of that little guy, I did type in the Volvo Itera bike into the Google mm-hmm. machine and clicked images, and the first image that comes up, and I repeat, the heading is plastic bike. Are these the worst inventions of all time? <laughs> They look cool, though. They do. I would ride this bike. It's a cool-looking, like, cruiser. I'm looking at it, and I would ride this bicycle. Now, yeah, like, I'd cruise around in the city on that. It's pretty sweet. I did check, because I was curious if Saab ever made a bike. Because if we're talking Volvo, there is a Saab folding bike. Um, Guys, uh, apparently, um, you can lock the wheels, and they also are on the floor. Get it? Yeah, you like that? Yeah, you're I, welcome. So this is a a, 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 ta- a tangent here from from my main thing. But the last week, we've I've gone to the River Road a lot because it's close to cars and ride with little Tom Boone and Tom Boone so he can cruise. And uh, two times that I've been in the last week, I've seen a dude, older guy on a road bike, probably a dentist, cruise by with a Saab jersey on. Uh. <laughs> I don't know Saab guy. Anyway, um, wow. all right, Saab. So I've got I got I got. I'll give one other and then I'll, I'll save my heat until after you guys give your heat. Um, there's a current Mercedes bike that they make that isn't really that cool. And I think that's, it's just an Argon 18. It's like a collaboration. So I'm sure they just farmed it out, but the colors are right. Very Mercedes. But what I like about it is it has a top cap that just has the Mercedes logo. Like the, it has the little three pointed star and then it says Mercedes Benz. And that's just all I like about it. They make up a whole bunch of garbage about how like high tech it is, but it's actually like it looks like a pretty middle of the road road bike with DI two. It's the top cap. I want the Mercedes Benz top cap, so I got to buy the bike, take the <laughs> top cap, and then sell the bike because uh-huh. you know hmm. that's what I want. Okay. Um, All right, bring me your heat, Tim. I guess for my heat, boys. Um, We'd, we'd all be idiotic if we didn't mention the fact that Peugeot is still making cars. And I'm assuming that they're the people behind Peugeot bikes for all those years. Yes. That would be safe. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Say, say, well, you know, sometimes I, I get things wrong. I know. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. But um, I don't really have like major heat, I guess, to bring here. I, I guess I'm more concerned about... Why, why GMC has this contract with Kent to make bikes? We got the Humvee. Tim's I know really haunted a, by this. I know there's the GMC, and I know there's a Jeep out there. So yeah. I guess if if they really wanted to go all out, they should just bring back the Pontiac badge as a 
bike brand. Oh, wouldn't that be a weird head trip, man? We've been we've been telling people for years to watch out for Pontiacs on their bikes. Yeah. And then Pontiac becomes a bike brand. Well, yeah, exactly. That's um, like going so left you go right on the political spectrum. I know, because Pontiacs are by far the worst cars that we ever come across when we're riding bikes. Um, so you have to imagine that uh, that the bikes themselves would be brilliant and amazing. Yeah. Um, so I'm with you, little guy. I think the Aztec would be a wonderful idea. But that's all I've got. So, Spencer, maybe you can bring some heat here to kind of just take the wind from yeah. little guy's sails. <laughs> yeah. So Peugeot is a good, uh, obviously it's the, the elephant in the room. They did a great job, um, with their bikes for a long time. Um, but I'm going to go with that off the table. I'm going to have to go with, um, maybe the most well-known, uh, off-road team ever of the, uh, Subaru, uh, Gary Fisher uh-huh. bike racing team. Yeah. Um, and, in, in I guess in celebration of that, I don't know. Um, Subaru did come out with a, a, a steel mountain bike that retailed for thirty eight, almost thirty nine hundred dollars. Ouch! Um, Custom made steel uh, with XT parts, uh, Mavic cross ride wheels, like twenty six inch wheels. This is two thousand eight. They came out with this. Um, <laughs> they it were actually not the cutting looks, edge, huh? Yeah, it actually looked really good. Nice hardtail. Um, I, uh, I, I, I don't know much about it. I didn't know about it when it came out. 3,800 bucks seems like a pretty, uh, decent bike. Um, the way it's specked out. Um, I pulled up an article here from December, 2008 on bike radar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got one comment on the article. Um, somebody commented just three years ago here, um, that said, you may as well make it unaffordable for those who would love having a quality bike. So, um, <laughs> I don't know who went on a 10 year old article. <laughs> it was like that bike's too expensive <laughs> considering what bikes have done since 2008 in price. But I thought that was interesting. And, uh, may, this is definitely the top of the pile as far as what I would ride today. Uh, if having to ride a, uh, a car bike collabo, well, you're both totally wrong. The only bike that matters, truthfully, at the end of the day, is the Mercedes-Benz Amp Research collaborations. Because you get a linkage fork. You get proprietary mount disc brakes. <laughs> you got to use the Amp Research Mercedes brakes. Um, they're silver and black, just like Mercedes. I don't know what the model's called. You just search Mercedes-Benz Amp Research. You'll get... It's beautiful. It's from the late like late nineties, early two thousands. It's bonkers. It's great. It's actually kind of high tech because it had disc brakes in the late nineties. Is that like a fairing over the link? Yes. Some of them have a fairing over the rear, the, the like seat tube linkage sort of thing is what it looks like. But I oh, think it's just that like, has to be tunnel tested. I mean, right? Like that's, that's <laughs> it looks like it. I don't know. I they think that's just a really big like, race. Like, Get out of the wind tunnel, Lewis. We, we've got a we've got a uh, new bike. I mean, I know it's ninety seven, but I think that is because uh, if you look at older Amp Research models, they had more of a traditional top tube, and they probably just snapped all the time. So they put this huge sort of gusset thing over the rear shock where the where the where the seat post mounts and stuff, because that's probably the weak point of that bike. But it what? is a super sweet bike. Anything with a linkage fork, I will vote for anyway. So. 
What is uh, wow. AMP Research? Talk to me a little bit about that. I, I'm, they I'm used to build these really awesome linkage forks. I do not know if they still exist. I assume they do not. And a linkage fork basically is that Lauf fork, but the the, the suspension part is right underneath the kind of junction with the down tube? Well, it's above usually, the usually they're up there, yeah, like right underneath the head tube. I don't, does the Lauf, I guess the Lauf is technically a linkage but the loft thing is weird because it's just like it's like some sort of kevlar or some sort of it's fiber so that we can't even describe it on a podcast well it's not it's not actually a linkage it's just i think it's it's more like a leaf spring so it's just like the actual there's actual some sort of movement within the the material whereas the linkage is just literally links like multiple linkages as opposed to like a telescoping fork like the regular mountain bike fork that like goes in on itself Linkage forks, uh, m- like compress, are, are more like a compli- like a complicated car suspension, which is probably what Mercedes was like. Look at that! That looks a lot like what we got going on in our cars. There's a lot of different parts to fix there. How would you like to be an engineer? Get hired by Mercedes, and they're like, "All right, your first day on the job is you're on the bike team." <laughs> yeah. Well, probably pretty good because he just probably called the guys at Amp Research and was like, "Are you done yet?" Because I'm just googling stuff over here. Finish up. <laughs> So I want to slap my name on it. Yeah. <sighs> this bike, little guy, there. It's so there's good. There's a lot to love about this bike, but I don't, I don't know if it beats the Subaru. It's so uh, good. It's got much so like, much going on. M- m- much like real life with a Mercedes versus a Subaru, there is a lot going on, but I don't know that it's much better. I mean, they made the Cruiser one too, which is like also super complicated. I mean, if you're gonna drive a Mercedes, you got. It's aluminum. You've got some carbon mixed in there. You got a whole bunch of pivots, uh-huh. uh, linkage, so you don't have as much travel as you think you're going to have. It's great. Yeah. It's probably super I, plush. I think the problem with this segment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, are you saying we're zero for two yeah. on the segments before the pre-buy? No well, way, man. I'm I'm hitting it at the be. park tonight. Come on. I think the problem with this segment is that every every one of us knows deep down in the pit of our stomachs, and we don't feel good about it, mm-hmm. that the the winner that's eventually going to come is going to be a Tesla collabo with somebody making an e-road bike that uh, we actually begrudgingly like. It'll probably look cool, but I still don't think I can accept it. That's That's the elephant in the room. We yeah. just need to get that out there. Oh, guys, there is so much to discuss. But first, we need to check in on the virtual tour to France happening right now with our very own virtual tour to France correspondent, Michael Matthews. What's going on? This is Jeremy Powers, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for listening to the Slow Ride Podcast, a member of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head on over to our new and improved website, wideanglepodium.com, to check out our family of shows and maybe check out uh, our uh, our, uh, our membership uh, portal there. There's a great opportunity to become a supporter of the network, and we thank immensely all of the supporters that we have. And uh, Spencer, as we are yeah. on episode 303... We just ended our Sorry Podcast 300 episode special edition shirts. Is that right? 
Yeah, we've closed the pre-order. Um, we're hoping to have a few extras in stock uh, eventually here once they come in. But um, yeah, we're we're ready to go. Now, I am absolutely stoked. We had lots of numbers come in, more than I ever thought. I mean, if we would have sold this many shirts the first time, we probably would have had merch in the first six years of this podcast. Um, <laughs> thanks for doing that. Now, Spencer, do you would you like to do a live reveal? I don't know because I'm just assuming on whose design sold the most. <laughs> I'm assuming Tim knows what does Tim know what's what he's going to win. I have no he's, clue. Okay, I think he's anyway. No, I mean it was uh, pretty much a blowout, Tim. Uh, I don't know if you want to reveal this on the show. Um... Well, if it's a blowout, <laughs> then clearly it must be a St. Louis victory, mm. <laughs> like Kurt Warner the. The quarterback say, of the those, of the uh, St. Louis Rams. I almost said the Los Angeles Rams. Why yeah. anybody would want to leave the city of St. Louis, I don't know. We turn everything but, into yeah. a competition between us, don't we? We have like no ability I, to do anything without starting the competition. <laughs> yeah. No. It was a runaway victory for uh for uh, uh design number three, Onza uh, um from the uh, oh, bravo from the hit series oh, really? Battle Off Dead. Sweet, I had no idea. Oh, fantastic. Either way, we had three fantastic pieces of art. I have to admit, guys, I bought all three. I can't wait to wear all three. Um, So much coolness out of all of them. And I think all the artists uh, did a great job. And they all deserve a a a follow on Instagram or wherever. Oh, yeah. Have you guys thought about what you're going to say when you're wearing your own podcast T-shirt and somebody asks you? Because I'm excited about where I'm super excited about the shirts. But at the same time, part of me is like, uh, someone's gonna ask me about it, and then I'll be like, "It's uh, <laughs> my that, podcast." That maybe a little, <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit awkward. Like, yeah. oh, it's a podcast I'm on. Um, I don't know what I would say. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, well, we'll work on it's, that. Yeah. It's hard to know, but it's hard to go wrong with any of the designs. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. If you haven't checked them out, go do so. I got two of the designs myself, so I know that they're great. Um, you know, at least two thirds of the designs are really, really solid. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe you'll think so as well. So definitely, uh, uh give them a look. Yeah. Oh, they're fantastic. Awesome. Um, should we get back to the show? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's get some, uh, listener emails, huh? All right, boys, let's get back into the show as we are here in the beginning part of July. It's always a great time this summer. So let's uh, get into some reader emails. Uh, Tim, you know, actually, before we do that, um, I just want to break in here. We've got kind of some exciting news. Uh, There's kind of a an event coming up uh, this coming week that yeah. I just wanted to take a little time and specially yeah. shout out. Well, and I hope, I hope that's okay with you. It is because on Wednesday, um, yes, it's my Wednesday. birthday. Yes. I'm, uh, I'm turning um, 39. I'm, your <laughs> I'm birthday? Like, it's my birthday. Huh. What day? Huh. July, Tim, what day? July 8th. When's yeah. Okay. So, uh, this is awkward. What? Oh, you got, Oh God! You weren't going to talk about my birthday. <laughs> no, uh, there's another. There's a different event on on July eighth that I did want to cover. Um, there is a, uh, a a listener of the pod who is actually having a birthday. Uh, ironically, 
on on July eighth that we wanted to give a special shout out to um, this individual. That sounds way cooler than Tim's birthday. <laughs> it does. This individual went above and beyond Slow Ride Podcast um, uh, protocol. Yeah, this is this is Hall of Fame level listenership. Was was it Matt? And got us, was it Matt? Of course, it was Matt. Yeah, I'm talking about Matt Milner, yeah. um, who got us our our George Hincapi, uh cameo yeah. appearance. Um, forced Big George on tape. Greatest to acknowledge the podcast. <laughs> Greatest thing to happen on the podcast. Kidnap George and Gabby since the press pass at Richmond Worlds. Yeah, but that was epic. The a top yeah. a top two event in slow ride podcast histories, which is I'm pretty definitely. sure a top two event in George Hincapie's life. Is, oh yeah, is getting paid Has to, be. to give us a message on the mm. podcast to finally appear. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he talks about it all the time. Yeah, we just wanted to acknowledge that really quickly. Coming up, big day, July 8th, um, special day, I know, for all three of us for that reason and no other reason. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, we we wish Matt the best uh, for the coming year and uh, in all the riding that he's been doing. We know he does a lot of the big uh, charity rides out there, um, doing rides for preventcancer.org and uh, a lot of other great stuff. And, And Matt's much better half Megan hit us up with details about the cancer research ride that he does from Pittsburgh to DC. Have you guys been to Pittsburgh? I have not. I've always really wanted to. I've, I've I never stopped have. in there once. It is ridiculously hilly. Yeah. I so any type of ride that starts there, that's kind of punishing Matt. Cause it's that some of the steepest roads in the country are there in uh, Pittsburgh. Also a ton of vernacular uh, railways little guy if, which you know, are always awesome you're looking yep. for a good road trip i don't know if the road ride goes past falling water but i'm just assuming if you draw a line from pittsburgh to dc you're probably going to go see some frank lloyd Wright along the way but um might as well major happy birthday to matt and uh check out uh his champions awareness bike ride which is a fundraiser for preventcancer.org so oh. always great to hear and matt is Definitely a friend of the pod, but more likely in the Hall of Fame because of the George Hincapie cameo, top notch. Love to see someone try to beat that. Yeah. He's better at getting interviews than us. He's a better person <laughs> than us because he does this charity ride. I mean, oh, we sound like total schlubs here. Dear Slow Ride Podcast, Strava Drama. <laughs> I'm recently become embroiled in a bit of Strava Drama and could use uh, your wisdom on how to proceed. A teammate and good friend of mine lost a treasured side street KOM back in April. And since then, I have been on a quest to reclaim it in his honor. After months of unsuccessfully smashing up this quiet residential street out of a business parking lot, I decided to drill into the data and see how my new arch rival and I measured up. Basically, how has he not won this yet? I love this. As it turns out, my new frenemy, or so I hoped, hadn't been completing the full segment, but had somehow skipped several hundred feet at the start of the segment, utilizing a long adjacent downhill street as opposed to the much flatter parking lot start. Upon upon hearing this news, my teammate made quick use of Strava's flag feature in an attempt to see justice served. Here's where the drama begins. Assuming that I was maliciously targeting his beloved neighborhood KOM and flagging his rides, my new arch rival began flagging my rides in retaliation and proceeds to edit the segment to more accurately reflect the GPS data of his recent efforts. 
when he did not expect was that this modification would reduce my PRs, leaving me with the undisputed KOM. (laughs) Obviously, I'm emotionally invested in this segment at this point, and I sincerely hope I could begin a fun new rivalry with this stranger. But based on his recent comments and actions on Strava, it seems there is now bad blood. So in your esteemed opinion, what is the best course of action? One, do I abandon the segment for two, for good? Two, do I double down and assert my claims to the throne of this prestigious 0.25 mile neighborhood segment? Because let's face it, this is as close to racing as I'm going to get this year. Also, Spencer, I'm sorry for that time. I also, I almost knocked you over at the cross race. Todd. I remember that. (laughs) God, I love this email thread. So what do we do? (laughs) Yeah, it's a thread. Todd doesn't just go off silently into the night. Um, no. here so basically <laughs> his friend loses a strava kom Todd yep. works hard to get it can't get it yep. turns out yep. that the funky gps data his his I, enemy is kind of cheating on a downhill yeah now yep. for for I love the record the friendly fire i love the friendly fire aspect that the friend flagged yeah, yeah. the the <laughs> segment and then todd gets all the heat for it that that is just Poetic. Yeah, it's something you it. guys would totally do for me, and I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Todd backs down here. I think Todd needs to start doubling down more and more and just actually oh, go to this rider's profile, see where all of his KOMs are, and just start taking them all. Right? Oh, so, oh not just the one, just no, not just, Oh, God, no. Little guy, why stop at one? Poor Todd. It's true. If you're going to be petty, be as petty as he can be. Todd, you want this guy to have a beautiful <laughs> night's sleep. He goes to bed. Uh-huh. He sleeps. He's he's got his uh, he's got his recovery mode on. He just thinks that everything uh-huh. is golden. He's going to get ready for that that century ride in the morning. Uh-huh. But he checks his phone when he gets up at like five thirty in the morning before he goes out for the ride, making some coffee. Uh-huh. Checks his phone, and he yeah. sees the email, and it says, "Uh oh, Todd Aldrich just stole your KOM," <laughs> and you want that to happen for multiple days in a row. That's the only way that <laughs> to like, really mess with him. Like you go a hundred percent after his entire riding history to get the KOMs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. I you want yeah, you want that it. every morning when he wakes up so that the night before eventually he will start going to sleep worried about it. And then he will stir himself awake in the middle of the night checking the phone to see if it, if the email has come yet. Oh. You want to terrorize. What's this? Todd just sent another email. It's a screen grab of the Strava comment section. I live, this is from the, the, the enemy. I live one street over and that ride and ride that street nearly every day. Heck, I created the segment given the low power output for that particular effort. I'm pretty sure I can beat that pretty easily. Problem is that I hit this at the end of every ride, less than a kilometer from home. Wait until we get a bunch of the really strong crew doing a sprint finish up that. So this this guy is talking trash in the comments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Love it. So now now we have trash talking happening in the Strava comment section. After yeah. some after the rides have started to get flagged. I I don't think I will put this out there. I don't think flagging rides is the way to do this. No, you just got to go out and yeah, just go out and crush them. Just crush them with the crew. The team, like, do the team effort. 
And then if you really wanted to be smart, you do the team effort and you set your rides to private and then just randomly, like Christmas Day, you turn it to public (laughs) and you (laughs) upload the ride six months after you did it. And he's like, it's Christmas morning. He's waking up, opening up his (laughs) gift. It's like checks his phone. Uh Uh-oh, you're out there on Christmas Day taking his rides, taking his KOMs. Oh, Oh, wait, we just got another email from Todd Aldridge. (laughs) Screen grab. Ball is in his court, baby. And it's him (laughs) taking the climb. Personal record. PR, he got it with 30 seconds. So Todd now has the KOM. We will keep our esteemed listeners up to speed on if he's able to keep it. Uh, Um, Yeah. I love it. I love it. We no racing, man. We need this. This is yeah. This is way better than virtual Zwift, right? Oh, like much racing. Better. This is way more exciting. Yeah. Uh, John Danby hits us up. Dear Slow Ride, I am proud of you for taking an episode off from the normal programming, and that both you both gave due respect to the situation, using your platform to call it systematic racism, and that Matt gave us a repri- report for what he saw just off Lake Street. Was also happy that you took the time to address and respond to negative listener feedback. I'm saying this as someone who has previously sent you a call out email and received a personal and thoughtful response. Thank you. The people who decided to quit the pod over your take on the situation, you don't need them. Thanks for doing what you do. I'm a huge fan. John, John, thank you so much for that email. Um, we love hearing from all of our listeners. So yeah. if we do do something wrong, uh, you know, even pronunciation emails, love them. <laughs> love them when I get them from Northern Europe. Because I really, yeah. really crush them. But um, yeah, John, thanks for uh, sending us a note. Thanks. Yeah, and we, you know, we do read them. We do uh, respond to them, uh, like like he pointed out. Uh, even if you've got critical feedback, um, you know, it all does matter. So feel free. So good <laughs> times indeed. Jeff Diefenbach hits us up. Per your dis- brief discussion in episode 301, yes, DK is a convenient shorthand for everyone's favorite Emporia-braced gravel event, but DK is at best a temporary solution. Surprisingly, the internet has been quiet with respect to alternatives. Let me fill that silence with the following free-of-charge suggestion. Mid-mid. You're you're welcome, Jeff Dietenbach, 545 Velocross Technical Director, Cat4 for Life, Wide-Angle Podium Supporter. Jeff, thank you so much for your support. Gentlemen, mid-mid, it's on the table, the first serious offer to the naming. Mid-mid, that's halfway mm-hmm. between mid-south and mid-west, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. I like it. I like that idea. The mids, like we were saying last week when we or when little guy and I were on the pod, Spencer, is that mid-south did a good job of just claiming the entirety of a region. Um, oh, yeah. He, here's my guess. Here's my guess on the DK. My guess is that they go the route of something like the Emporia Gravel Classic or the Kansas Classic, Kansas Classic, or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, that which would be a bad idea. You think it would be a bad idea? Bad idea. Okay, why is that? Oh, terrible idea. Not franchisable. Hmm. Oh. You gotta look at you gotta look at these rides like Belgian knee warmers, uh, all that stuff, like <laughs> or Belgian waffle <laughs> rides. No, I um, love that it's the Belgian knee warmer ride. I love it. Either way, like that's uh, true. Belgian waffle you, you need a a a a, a franchisable name. You, you that's where a lot of big races in uh, in the U.S. have tripped and fallen. Tour Georgia, you can't you can't get a new sponsor. Yeah. 
If uh, if North Carolina <laughs> comes on board, tourism board comes on board and says we've got millions of dollars, move the tour of Georgia up here. They're not going to well, do it. Well, tour of Georgia right? couldn't get a new sponsor either. Well, <laughs> or a tour of Missouri. And like uh, that was a classic. More right. More famously, uh, some of the cross races. Um, you know, uh, Gloucester comes to mind. Uh, if you lose Stage Four Park, you got to move out of Gloucester. Are you really are you really Gloucester anymore? Is it the same race? Like yeah. You need to you need to think about your branding, um, and I think uh, I'm sure Lifetime is considering that. But uh, yeah, anything related to Emporia or Kansas, I think, is off the table. So mid mid, although a little out there, not a bad suggestion. Yeah. Okay. I just I was thinking along the lines like maybe it would be the Gravel City. Something like that. Like I do think that there's just that. But especially you do make a good point about the franchised aspect of this. Like the Leadville 100, they do the Leadville series, mountain bike series, right? So mm-hmm. they could do something where, you know, it could be a series that has the name and it culminates at the um, in Emporia at the DK. I do. I am curious as to what they eventually take. Now, we are... <laughs> We are deep diving into what the names are when they have, and I'm willing to bet that we will know um, pretty quickly here what it's going to be. Oh yeah, um, they better come up with something that lasts beyond when Lifetime probably sells the event. <laughs> that, that's that's my guess. At some point, Lifetime is going to be like, "We're out of this." Mm. I mean, unless you've got a one, and I don't know that uh, that this race has this the course wise like i think there's rolling gravel roads anywhere mm-hmm. right unless you have something super special uh like schwamigan 40 comes to mind we did that race i don't think you can put that race anywhere else i think that one lives in its zone and if it dies it dies right and maybe gloucester was the same way but mm. um this race i think the beauty of it is that, and maybe any gravel race is that you can sort of plop it down wherever there's some gravel roads and the people come to it and it's a good time. Now this may be where people that listen to our podcast that have done dirty or to have done DK are going to sit there going, man, these guys are idiots because they've never done it. And that the Flint Uh Hills are this magical place to ride a bike and get flat tires. Um, I don't know, but uh, I hope to do the event sometime soon but I do hope that the name changes as we all know it should. Um, so yeah, there's that little guy. I do mean, you have any ideas? I don't have a name for them, but I did just come up with a name for a bike race. And so the whole race, the whole theme of the race will have to be built around the name, which will just be called the dust to dawn. So it will be an overnight gravel race. Isn't that we'll a George the Clooney movie? Uh. Yeah, it is the George Clooney, and I think Tarantino's in it or something. I don't know who's in it. Dust to Dawn, and uh, it will start at 6 o'clock, and it'll finish in the morning. Whoever can ride the farthest before the sun comes up. I love it. Um, It's going to suck. The only problem I see with that is, is, yeah, the merchandising is going to be tough if the rights are already owned by uh, George Clooney. I think that might Um, even be called Dusk to Dawn, the Clooney movie. All right, well. You guys keep podcasting. I'll Google Okay, thanks. I'm 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 gonna throw out big gravel. I think they should just own it. They're already there. Um, they are the top dog. They may as well grab the name Big Gravel, and then when everyone blames all the world's problems in bike racing on Big Gravel, we'll know who they're. Talking I did hear about. that the Belgian waffle ride that was going to be happening in North Carolina has been delayed 
to next May. I think I'm going to go to that. That will be my training for DK next year. Just warning you guys. So Spencer, oh, the tandem really? is going to be flying next year. All right. Um, Ryan, uh, real quick, Ryan, uh, little guy, Ryan hit yes. us back up from St. Louis. The bridge is finished over the river. It just, the Strava segment has been outlawed. So from Louisville. Yes. really no reason to flagged go by a rival. Yeah. <laughs> by, by, by the rival bridge. Um, well, yes. Uh, Megan Carnahan. Pedestrian bridge shouldn't be Strava segments. We don't need little kids getting hit or something. Oh, okay. Thanks, little guy. Thanks for being uh, rational. I, I'm just, as someone who's been riding around a lot with a three and a half year old that wants to ride his bike, um, I yeah. don't need these like segments where everyone can, suppose everyone can ride to be, I don't need sob guy running into us. Ah, very true. At a hundred miles an hour. You know what I mean? Very salient and somber point. Yeah. We were just going to make jokes about uh, Indiana. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Also, there would only be a segment going from Indiana to Kentucky because who wants to go to Indiana? Boom. There we go. There we go. Way to to cap it off. Boom. Megan Carnahan hits us up. Used a biker name generator. And no joke, this is what you get. Can't make it up. Spencer Howe is slow ride. (laughs) So thanks to Megan for her contribution. Spencer does not look... I mean, although it's true, I don't uh-huh. know if we can uh, give Spencer that nickname because then people are going to think he came up with the idea of the podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah, I feel like that one might be taken. I mean, I don't even remember which one of us came up with the name because we had another name. Well, the other name was the Squeaky Wheel Podcast, which I think... Had, there was I, another podcast called that yes. or something? I don't know. Because um, after we recorded, I said... To myself maybe i should google that <laughs> let's give a little behind the scenes for what happens on the slow ride podcast um i am gonna read what a uh, little guy contributed to our slack channel planning taylor finney could have stayed a pro collected salary and still done whatever taylor finney does all this year <laughs> what i'm saying is this is the year for half the pros to become taylor he should be ef's lifestyle consultant it's more um, like a think piece than a finished thought. But yeah, <laughs> it's like like just really just kind of throwing that out there on this like to see see what sticks. I mean, it just popped in my head, and I immediately it, I slacked it. it. I slacked. So, are it you over. suggesting that Taylor Finney actually retired a year too soon? Well, a hundred percent. I mean, with this pandemic lockdown, he could have realistically trained, done the training camps, been bored at those maybe done one race and then they would have sent everybody home and he would just still be Taylor Finneying it up, but he'd be collecting that, that E of paycheck. And like all the pros are becoming Taylor Finney. Like they all have to now come up with Taylor Finney lifestyle things to make themselves relevant during the pandemic until we can race again. I like this idea. I see, I see where you're going here. I think that Taylor Finney should definitely still be on retainer with EF to like, Hey, do you need to get through pandemic? Like he's like their, their mental health coach. Like I can help you get through, like I'm an artist. And then yeah. uh-huh. I don't want to race. He'll be like, I don't want to race anymore. You can't race anymore. I'll bring you to that place with me ah, this and is good, show yeah. you how to still so- want to ride your bike, but also just chill out, make some beats uh-huh. probably. Yeah. I mean, We'll see how Neodoma races this year, if he's been able to give her the chill vibes that make her fast. I mean, if there's like a Spotify playlist that we could listen to to sort of get in the right headspace, I think that would be 
Um, God, you know, useful. does he have a Spotify playlist? I just, I would totally listen to that. I, I know you would. <laughs> or we could just make one goodness. for him and send it to him. Uh-huh. So Taylor Finney Ask recently him. retired. Yeah. Um, yes. So just this goes it. into, uh, I guess, American recently retired. There's two ways we can go here. The first way I want to go is recently retired. Has Taylor Finney gotten cooler since he's retired, little guy? Um, I haven't looked at his Instagram or anything. Probably. I don't know what he's doing, but I do, bet he's okay. gotten cooler. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. Do any re- do any cyclists get cooler when they retire? Cipollini? No, not so no. much. Did not get no. cooler. Even after the comeback from rock racing. Um, yeah. George Hincapi, not as cool. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah. He's really like cruising the dad life, like dude eh, dad life's business owner lifestyle. I don't think it's as cool as winning KBK. Okay, um, Talansky. Eh, it's a push. He was doing triathlon for a little while, then he quit. So I'm did okay. Did he quit? With I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, I'll give him a push on that. Um, my I like Talansky, for... though. I like how right. he kind of just did it. You know, my vote for totally cooler is Johnny uh, Buño. Obviously, great racer, multiple time world champion. Uh-huh. Dude's a helicopter pilot. Yeah, he he runs the CPA, and maybe some riders are <laughs> mad at the CPA right now. Yeah, but also he's an Italian union leader. And he flies a helicopter. I mean, sounds like a badass. Also, salt and pepper beard whenever he grows one. He's a good looking man. All right. So what we're looking for is retired riders that are somehow cooler than they were when they were active riders. Is that the gist? I don't know if they have to be cooler, but they definitely like okay. some riders like Cipollini. Obviously, the stock has fallen. The arms have gotten right. bigger. The sexism has become uh, glaringly more problematic. Um, Amazingly. Amazingly, uh, but you know what I mean. Like, so, but some riders, they they just they okay. just so they do a bar wellens. They gain fifty pounds. Eh, but you know some guys seem cool. Right. So where do we put Bradley Wiggins on this chart? Like, mm. he, that see, that's a tough one. Uh huh. Because he got a bunch of tattoos. Know. So that's yeah, pretty cool. He seems pretty cool. The tattoos were cool, and then he was doing the whole rowing thing where uh-huh. he was trying to make the Olympic rowing team. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he's got some um, ambition. I don't know. I mean, he looks I, like I'm a not, soccer hooligan. And he sponsored that team, right? Or he like oh, yeah. ran the team. That's right. Let's give him yeah. a pass. I'll give him a pass, an official slow ride pass for that. That was pretty cool. Are you going to send him that pass in a jiffy bag? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> another one I want to throw out for who got cooler amazingly after their career is Tyler Farrar. Ooh. Oh, oh totally, but totally, he was totally. so high on the. How could he get cooler than that last year? Exactly. How could wow, he do it? This is- Disappears off the face of the earth. Nobody knows where he is. Does no interviews. Turns out he's firefighting out in Washington yeah. State somewhere and just no. living his best life. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, he's a firefighter. Oh my god. Did I don't even know who Johnny Buño is, but uh, yeah, <laughs> T- Tyler Farrar takes the cake. The coolest. Well, if anybody is friends with Tyler Farrar, Uh you know, get us a cameo. I don't want you to. I don't want you to speak too soon, Tim, because there's one uh, major player in this retired riders list that I think you may be overlooking. Okay. Does the name Floyd Landis ring a bell? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, certainly gotten more chill. Zabrinsky too, man. (laughs) Yeah, come on. Pretty uh, cool in retirement. Took down uh, yeah. a certain someone and started a, a very interesting business line. Um, if you, if you, <laughs> okay, 
I Floyd really Landis can't and David Zabriskie in retirement, yeah. to working together, uh-huh. dream partnership. No, I yeah. absolutely love that. No, have you guys? Definitely. Have you guys had the opportunity to watch the uh, State Bicycle does these videos where it's like riding fixed up mountains with pros? Yeah, and there's a Floyd Landis and Dave Zabriskie riding up a mountain on a fixed gear with one of the State Bicycle team riders. Okay, it yeah. is pretty hilarious. And at at one point, Floyd and Dave are just walking. They're just like, why did we even ever do this sport? <laughs> They're pushing their fixed gears up like this is dumb. Yeah. This whole thing is, you know, at one point they were on the top of the world literally yeah. in cycling. And now yeah. they are walking up the side of a mountain. It made oh. me feel so awesome to watch these guys. That's Loved pretty it. Good. I do have um, a ringer, a shoe in, I think. If you guys... I don't know if you have anybody else you want to Wait, throw out. But. Yeah, I want, well, before we get to that, mm-hmm. okay, I'm assuming peak Floyd Landis. <laughs> peak Floyd Landis is when he wins the tour. Oh, right? yeah. Like, like that 24 yeah. hours, king um, of the phonic, world. kit, beautiful. Everything was perfect. Yeah. Just oh. the right amount of stubble on the beard. We yeah. were all living it. We all loved mm-hmm. it. We, we were just remembering that that attack with like at 10 K into the race and he yeah. drank like 80 water bottles. Beautiful. Okay. That may be the peak, but the, the social peak for Floyd Landis was that outside magazine or outside magazine cover photo when he's in like the faux fur jacket in the middle of the woods. Oh, do yeah. you guys remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I do not. That it's worthy of a poster to hang on the wall of my office. It's I, epic. I may have to find that photo. It was that good. Um, I would argue that that was probably now that he got busted. I think that that photo is the real peak. Uh-huh. It, well, and also the check that he got written to him by Lance. Armstrong. Yeah, I think he's yeah. he's probably thinking that was the peak. <laughs> do you think part of the settlement is that like Lance actually had to write the check, or do you think it's like his financial planner that wrote the check? Because and then like oh. Floyd maybe sent it back to him. It's like no, no, I need Lance to sign this. Yeah, that would be really good. I need it handed. I don't know. This can't be printed so. out on the yeah, on the yeah. machine. Yeah. Actually, I need, can, I need Lance to go to it. Western Union and and wire me that money. Um, so I want to throw out who I think has actually gotten. I don't know. Cooler, I guess. It's a great career change. It's a good pivot, and maybe just keeps himself in the spotlight enough to keep everybody to keep his name in everybody's mind, right, front of mind is Robbie McEwen. Ah, very good one. Very good one. Because yeah. I, I, in his racing career, I was like, ah, he's a respectable sprinter. I like the way he does things. Like, he's a little argy-bargy sometimes, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> and he retires, and you're kind of like, oh, well, you know, there's more sprinters. But then he comes into commentating, and he has really hit his stride again, and I think he's one of the best in the game. I, I'd, I'd go with that. He's definitely, yeah, I never, I, you guys all know how I feel about sprinters, but I, I have more of a kinship for him now that that I he's he's great. Uh-huh. I was gonna I was gonna throw out Fletcher, Juan Antonio Fletcher, because oh, yeah. also done some television work. I don't know. Um, I remember. I remember when celebration, like he is no, not he's great. cooler. But he's he is main his celebration put the peak really high. He has maintained a super seeming like a super chill cool guy. I remember when he retired and he was like, I'm going surfing or something and just was <laughs> like and like I don't have to worry about bike, I'm just gonna go surfing. I was like, Yeah, cool. All right, all right, Juan. Uh, all right. Well I think that those are all great artists or sorry, great cyclists that have 
No, they're artists. They're artists. They are artists. Yeah, they've gotten on better. The bicycle. Them. I mean, um, wait, wait, wait. One more. Roberto Haras uh, won the Brompton. Oh, uh, yes. got second oh. or something, or won the Brompton thing. I mean, he's very obviously cool. still got a passion for the bike and neckties. Yes, very cool. There so, you go. Excellent. Not as cool as Floyd <laughs> or 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 uh, Robbie McEwen, but he's up I mean, there. It's a different well, kind of. Cool. I'm just waiting for Chris Horner to finally retire. Uh, that's. <laughs> <laughs> Come he's, on. he's literally gonna be the coolest the second he just announces he's yeah, retired he but at this point we're still we're still expecting a comeback i guess yeah he just hasn't retired yet so it's you know like he could he could make a comeback at any moment mm-hmm. we're waiting yeah um speaking of chris horner this was another thing that we'll, we'll do this we'll do this we'll do this segment pretty quick but I do want to, I did want you guys to put on your your GM caps, your hats, right? Like you guys are the general managers of USA cycling okay. fandom. I thought we were still talking about Denali's for a second. No, so no, no. I'm glad you clarified. I, I want you guys confused. to be ready. Like, what can you do to make American cycling better from like a win the Tour de France perspective? Okay. So everyone, right? So I'm gonna throw this out there. You guys tell me. If like this, this is what I mean by this. We need Michael Woods to be an American cyclist. <laughs> I know we joke that he's American, but he's actually most people don't know this, but he's from Canada. Little known um, fact. Little known fact. He went to University of Michigan, ran the mile or something, track and field, but then became a cyclist. I'm willing to trade uh-huh. TJ Van Garderen, <gasps> Quinn Simmons. Okay. And I will throw in, just throw in Tom Danielson. Just you guys, Canada can also have Tom Danielson. Okay. So, so wait, Canada, how does that work? That's like an option to be used later. He's like fifty-five years old. Little guy. They get Tom I'm Danielson. Sorry, He's yeah. a great author, um, yeah. and coach. <laughs> I'll find his so, book. Yeah. So it's kind of like when you trade the coach. It's just a throw-in. It's just like, so, hey, you know what? Take the contract. Like they, here's like the they, t- yeah, they can use the contract. You just okay. gotta take the contract to pay down. So, guys, I'm is this a this. bad trade? Yeah, I'm looking at this, Tim, and I'm thinking. I'm thinking, Canada knows the value that they have in Michael Woods. Um, so you you got to give him a big fish. Now TJ is a little a Quinn little, Simmons. He's a little over the hill. Quinn, Quinn Simmons. I think they know you're trying to offload that contract. I think they know that although he has <laughs> a promising future, he might be a handful. Yeah, he may he may be a clubhouse terror. I would say that what? like I'd be a little worried about him being a distraction in the locker room, uh-huh. if you will. The uh-huh. team bus would not be the same with with Quinn Simmons and apparently his mom on Instagram. Yeah, I don't I mean, know that Tommy D is enough to to get over that. No, what? You know, TJ, I don't know though. though. He's for like Canada. Mm-hmm. This might be a good deal because because Woodsy, as much as we we think of him as a new guy, he's older than. Even and I, even TJ at this point, so they're getting a lot of youth. So so here's the here's the key, guys. Here's uh-huh. all I'm going at. Clearly, Michael Woods is our top, my top target. Uh-huh. Um, I don't really because I I want a top target that I feel like we just need to right the wrong that we all just assume Michael Woods is from America, so we need to get him. So <laughs> okay, so we need to work I, a state of trade. So the other things that we have at our disposal is arguably we're the greatest or the second greatest cycling nation for women like women cyclists crush it out there we we have quite quite the team uh-huh. of um players to trade mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. yeah we could go like katie compton 14 time national champion 
15. 15 times. Thank you. Yeah. No, I would, I would say we flip it around and we just, we trade everyone in the men's team just to bolster our women's team. There's no, there's no getting rid of our women. Yeah. Okay. So, so we're going, we're doubling down for the entirety of the women's team. Trade, well, trade all of the you, men's team for, um, yeah, if we one can, or two if women, we flip, I don't know. Uh, if we can flip TJ and Quinn Simmons for, one or two of the up and coming uh, UK women's team members, that could be a solid trade, like building value into the future. Mm, okay. Yeah. I guess my, my only fear is clearly we got to get rid of TJ Van Garderen. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, got a we, lot of points, a lot of UCI points. He can bring the country of Canada. In fact, mm-hmm. Canada could get an extra starting spot at the world championships. With TJ, I, you think? Get, take TJ and Quince. Quince is a world champion. Come on. Now, Canada. what? Now, Canada loves a project, so why don't we throw in Horner? <laughs> throw in who? Horner. Horner? <laughs> we, we just went through the fact that he's not retired. Yeah. We're obviously we're throwing in Danielson. I think we we sort of we tempt him. I mean, the uh, who who are other targets worldwide that we would want here on the US team? I'm assuming little guy that we would have to do something to get Dan Martin as well, or are we going to just flip Dan Martin back to Ireland? Like just like get some hey hey Ireland we're gonna take the uh, the cyclocross World Cup in Dublin uh, you guys can have Dan Martin back do you think Ireland's been paying enough attention that they know that he's Irish because we could maybe just see if they'll buy him yeah right now are there I, are there any other assets guys that are out there that we need to take for America and we need to treat <laughs> like regular sports GMs like uh, let's talk about upside mm-hmm. potential. I don't know maybe, maybe it's a cap friendly contract. This is turning into like colonialism corner um, <laughs> where we just bit. take over, just sort of take the resources of other countries, so, their resources being riders. So here's the thing, Tim, we have several young riders riding in the world tour uh, that are Americans right now. Like that Seth is true. Cuss, yeah. uh, on Yellow yeah. Lotto. And we've got Ian Garrison on, uh, on quick step. Uh, we, we never see them. They're never here. They may as well not be Americans. So, I think the value, the loss to us would be small, even though they are good, uh, great riders. We could flip them to Belgium or, or um, the Netherlands maybe uh, for, for some uh, big returns, some big, big returns. Um, I don't think we'll get a Matthew Vanderpool, but, um, you know. All you got to say is, is there, any, is there any rider, and we're talking male American rider, that we're not willing to part with, that we're putting the franchise tag on? Like, who are we building our future around? Because I'm going to throw out there, I've got two. Sepp Cuss, uh-huh. you, yeah. just, you just had mentioned him, um, and Larry Warbass. Wallowing on a French contract right now. Uh, we need to pull him out of there. Um, build, he's I, the guy who I, writes for Movistar. I'm forgetting his name right now. You're thinking of Matteo Jorgensen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, that's name. what I'm saying. Like, Larry Warbass is just like, he's, he's like Kevin Garnett in the on the Timberwolves for those last three years just kind of wallow in there but Boston is going to be able to take him and and bring him the glory here's the thing though is there's a lot of these riders that I'm willing to to part ways with just because it's the right thing to do right like to to plan for the future it's the right thing to do (laughs) oh anyway well that was colonialism corner when we were also (laughs) trying to make it into GM corner which Maybe also I mean, unfortunately, when you start acting like a GM of a professional sports team, you sound like a crazy. 
Yeah, like because everyone just like becomes 19th property. century colonialist. Yes, everything becomes property. Well, anyways. Well, boys, it has been another fantastic episode of the Story Podcast, 303 in, and it still seems like yesterday when these bits are gold on a bike ride, but they turn out to be <laughs> C-plus material at best. Nah, this is good. Come on. Come on. Come on. We'd like Come to thank on. all of our listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head on over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out how and what other shows there are on the network. So make sure you check that out. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt losing at least five pounds during this podcast, sweating in his attic. <laughs> and this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Wow, what an episode. That was amazing. When that one person said that thing and then the other person totally like Set them straight. Oh, man, that was great. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that again. But hey, since I have your attention now, hello, cyclocross friends, new friends and old friends and soon to be friends. My name's Bill. I host a, another show on the Wide Angle Podium podcast network. It's called Cyclocross Radio. And we talk to the biggest stars in cyclocross and even the medium stars in cyclocross and some of the soon-to-be stars in cyclocross. We also have a panel discussion we call the Media Pit with my buddy Zach and Michael where we go over all of the new rules that might be coming out and the calendar situations and races that happen. It's a great time. It's a great conversation. We built an amazing community that we want you to be part of. So go to WideAnglePodium.com Become a member there, then go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Cyclocross Radio. Do it. Do it now. Cyclocross friends. <laughs> <laughs>